We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the Missouri Tigers from KCSN, which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe DeArmond, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics. The Missouri Basketball Tigers are winners of four straight heading into the SEC tournament. we got a lot to talk about here on today's Mizzou That's Who. And I'm, as always, I'm joined by Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. Got to give a special shout out to Charlie Hustle for outfitting us, as always, on this show. I've got the uh, Breaking Out the Kansas City Soccer shirt. Um, soccer season starting up here in Kansas City, but... There's still plenty of uh, plenty of basketball to to take place to watch and to gamble on and to consume. Uh, there's plenty of it. Uh, Gabe, how uh, has your week been? We took a week off, but now we're back and we're gearing up for the SEC tournament. Yeah, getting a little busy, um, which is good uh, because this has often been the time of year where either you're just going, please God, can this end or all right, so uh, better have that hop order ready to go. Absolutely, uh, Maggie. How have you been? It's been a while since we uh, since we convened. How are you? Good. Just kind of staying busy. Lots happened over here in St. Louis for our St. Louis listeners as well. We have a new soccer team. We have St. Louis City. Uh, so, and they have their first home game. So, there's been a lot going on, even though we haven't been on the podcast. So, I'm excited to kind of talk about it, break it down a little bit. Battle Hawks are back as well. Battle. We lost yesterday, but we're two and one. Not bad. Get a first home game. Next. Leave off top of the head. St. Louis City. Are they? Have they won both of their games? Yes, they are two and zero. Oh. They beat Charlotte. Uh, with Charlotte, not very good. You didn't tune into this podcast for MLS breakdowns. Uh, yeah, and then they beat Austin. But yeah, we'll we'll get yeah. another time. You can you can check out the KCSN Soccer Channel for for MLS stuff. Uh, here we're going to talk about uh, as we hopped on to record this podcast a little bit before. Uh, the SEC awards were announced, so we're, we're going to talk about them and uh, the the mini storylines that come with the awards, right? Uh, so obviously, who got them and who didn't get them are sometimes equally as big of a story. Start off with uh, Kobe Brown; uh, he gets two honors, first team All SEC, and he also gets the SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year, first Missouri Tiger 
to win that award. Kind of a big deal. Uh, Kobe Brown had a good year. Glad to see him get awarded for it. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, every, I think everybody expected. There was a time where I thought, you know, Kobe might be able to be player of the year. I think that, that kind of fell apart two-thirds of the way through the season or so. I, it was interesting to me that, that Brandon Miller was voted the player of the year. I would have voted for him. I think it's the right vote. I thought there might be a little backlash there, um, but I think instead the backlash was toward Nate Oates, which is where it belongs. I think that's that's one of those things. I was talking to some people about it um, today, actually, as if off field or off the court and on the court things should both take into account. I said it should be on the court. There's awards for off the court. Um, you know, Kobe's is kind of a mix with, with him getting Scholar Athlete of the Year. So, I mean, I think that Brandon Miller... He was the best player on the court. He should win um, first player of the year. It's a uh, it's an art versus artist uh, conversation. Can you separate the art from the artist? Um, a lot of times people can't uh, separate the art from the artist. So it's a very interesting question uh, when when it comes to uh, to that. Looking at uh, this first team here, um, I think I got the wrong. I do have the wrong. It says 2022. I still thought it was 2022. I was reading that. I was like, that doesn't <laughs> seem right. Um, no, but the the 2023 list here, if I can type in the right year. Into the uh, I've, I've got it in front of me. It's okay. Brandon Miller. If, first of all, I, I fail to understand why the SEC has to put eight players on the first team. Eight right. players have never played basketball at the same time. So That's true. Brandon Miller, Colin Castleton, who missed like the last six games of the year. Yeah. Oscar Shibway, Tolu Smith, Kobe Brown, Santiago Vescovi, Wade Taylor, Liam Roberts. I like I think those were seven of the eight best players in this league, probably. Um I Castleton is weird to me. Um, but other than that, I mean I don't have any issues with those guys. Those are the players every game that we're we're saying, Oh, gotta watch out for this guy. He can make a lot of shots. So that I mean, that sounds about right. I also kind of wish there was only five players because you can only field five runners at a time. So, um, yeah. And they only I mean, have five defensive, so I don't know. It's kind that's of- why they have a second team, so you get five other guys, <laughs> you know. I mean, just, there's no other... Do they do this across all other conferences? Or am- I don't know because I don't pay any attention, but it, the SEC has always done it. There's always eight guys, and... Sometimes there's more than eight if there's like a tie. Well, there's way more freshmen. How many freshmen are there? Are there eight freshmen as well? There are eight freshmen as well. Yes. Okay. That uh, that is very interesting. I'm I'm digging into the Big Twelves. Uh, they've got, yeah, no. This messed up. Um, <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, uh, that's not what I get. You don't see like the Pro Bowl. They don't name more players. Whatever. They didn't well, they do because everybody opted out. Maybe three guys opted out of the SEC All-First team. Maybe they're like, I, <laughs> I don't want to be on that. Going to take care of my body for the NCAA tournament. Don't put me on the All-SEC don't, first. Don't put me on this. They thought they had to actually play a game. And they're like, no, I'm going to do that. So Colin Castleton out, Wade Taylor in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, uh, there's, I think, we talked about all those room, the room for these guys to get in, and there were some Missouri guys that did not get in in spots that, Maybe we thought that they would get it. Maybe some second team spots, some defensive team spots, um, and those equally well. Maybe this is unfair for me to say, 
But as I was scrolling through my Twitter feed as those were going out, it feels it felt like we were talking about more of the players that didn't get it and the coach that didn't get the award than the awards that were actually handed out. Welcome to 2023. You know what we're going to do next Sunday? We're going to spend the first two hours after the selection show talking about how the 71st team in the country absolutely got screwed because they're not the NCAA turn. It's, I, you know, I and look, I understand this is about Demoy Hodge for Missouri fans. Um, I, I thought he might make second team all league. Um, you know, Mark Sears, he had a good year. Ricky Council, Janai Brill, Wendell Green, KJ Williams, Zakai Ziegler, Tyrese Radford. All those guys are good. Anthony Black, I like, look, I can make a pretty easy argument. Hodge over Anthony Black makes sense, especially because Arkansas was 8-10, and 10, and I don't know Anthony Black's numbers. I watched him play a decent number of times and sometimes thought he was great and sometimes thought he was the reason his team lost. Um, so I can make an argument for Hodge on second team. It was surprising that Hodge wasn't on the all-defensive team, I think. Also, you've got to understand, like, Again, fans put so much more energy and, frankly, thought into voting for these things than I think the people voting for it. This is the coaches' team. Very few of the coaches actually probably voted for it. Um, but I don't think those who did probably spent a ton of time thinking, hmm, the all-defensive team. Now, who are the five guys that were really good on defense when we played them? And Let me go back and look over the film. They're getting ready for games. You know, if they're voting for this at all, it's the SID coming up and going, you good with this? I think the big issue for a lot of fans is mainly you kind of just have that that pain for that player. I remember who was a Marcus Golden when he didn't get all SEC and it was just kind of like, what are what are we doing here? Um, that's kind of how people feel about Demoy Hodge. You know, uh, most people know this, but he's uh, number third in the entire country in steals, number one in power five. Um, and it's not even relatively close. Um, one of the guys that got picked above him, he has 24 more steals. He averages more rebounds per game. To me, it's just kind of, it doesn't matter, but you still want that that recognition to kind of go with the Mizzou name. I think the defensive thing is a penalty for Missouri being a bad defensive team. And... Look, I will stand by... People continue to try to disagree. I will stand by the fact I do not think they're a good defensive basketball team. I don't really know how you could watch it and, and think otherwise. They they get some steals. They're high risk, and sometimes it pays off. Overall, I don't think they're very good defensively. So it, it, it's kind of like the... I mean, you were having the argument in the Super Bowl, right? If Nick Bolton scores a second touchdown, is he the MVP? And you go, yeah, but then you also go, well, like that was... A 38-35 game. Can I give the most valuable player to a guy on a unit that largely didn't get very many stops? You know, and, and so I think maybe that's the logic for Demoy Hodge not being on that team. That again, combined with I just don't think a ton of effort is put into these things. Yeah. Looking at the uh, this is nothing new, but the Missouri Kempom rating for their defense is 195th in the country. Um, that's not exactly going to jump off the page when you're looking at members for that team to make the defensive team. Uh, so that does make a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, Maggie, as you mentioned, he had some pretty good numbers in, in Power 5, so it's like one of those things where you're like looking at it and you see the team numbers and like it just doesn't add up, right? Like It just doesn't, doesn't add up. But I think the big one, at least for me that I saw, is uh, Dennis Case not named SEC Coach of the Year. 
Um, now was named SEC Coach of the Year, I believe, by the USA Today Network. They named him the SEC Coach of the Year, but the SEC it was uh, was Buzz Williams and Jerry Stackhouse co uh, Coach of the Year. Two guys that had uh, respectable seasons, but um, it's it's tough to look at what Dennis Gates did and say that he didn't have a Coach of the Year type season. I think we should go in level of outrage over this, so I'm going to probably let you guys go first. That's fair. Okay, so my outrage is it. It's not that I'm outraged. I just think that if you're going to give it to two coaches, that it's probably Buzz Williams and Dennis Gates. Um, in terms of level of like expectations versus exceeding expectations, I mean, Stackhouse. Vanderbilt's record this year is a game worse than their record last year. So to me, it's not really that, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of Bandy, I think, won 18 games, or sorry, 19 games last year, 18 this year. Mizzou won 12 games last year with a first-year head coach, and they've won 23 games in the regular season. I just don't even see how you can look at it, and including, that includes a win uh, beating Vanderbilt. So I don't really see how you can give, if you're going to give two coaches that award, I don't really see how you can give that other award to anybody except Dennis Gates, maybe Nato's, but you, I don't see how you can get, if you're going to give it to Jerry Stackhouse, I, I just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, uh, are you okay if I go? Is that okay? <laughs> I'm waiting for you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Um, I do think this is very interesting because I I made a I made a note on on Twitter about kind of uh, listen Jerome Tang rightfully so has done a fan, phenomenal job at Kansas State taking that team from uh, where it was last year to where it was this year, uh, but this whole song and dance I think has been played by I don't want to specifically say K State fans because I think it's been more than K State fans that are acting like Keontae Johnson was like a scrub before like like he didn't he wasn't very good before he joined. What, wasn't he the preseason SEC Player of the Year either last year or the year before? You are correct. He sure. really was. Um, and the the whole song and dance that we're doing about how how Jerome Tang has taken this ragtag group of nobodies into a into a contender is something that is baffling to me but as is you know this is a narrative driven world that we live in right and uh jerome tang or dennis gates excuse me took uh, a team that i called the best mid-major team in the sec and made them fourth in the conference he had one less win than jerome tang uh finished one spot lower than what uh tang's wildcast did in the big 12 with a worse roster and they didn't lose outside of quad one so um can't say it had one quad well, outside of quad one loss. So as a note that I made, an interesting observation is all that I'm saying. And as well, how good Jerome Tang's getting all of this uh, this praise? How come Dennis Gates isn't? It's just an observation that I, I I love that this has become a Jerome Tang thing. We're talking about the SEC Player of the Year and Tucker has K-State issues. Um, I always will. <laughs> but like, I mean, let's not act like Dennis Gates isn't getting credit. Nationally, a lot of people are talking about him doing a really good job. Yeah. Um, I, I have no, we have no issue with Buzz Williams being coach of the year, right? Nobody has a problem with that. If, if it's just Buzz Williams, hey, like, I think I would have voted for Dennis Gates. I, I texted about 10 people last night to cover college basketball. I said, if you had a vote, who do you vote for? And it was, 
like four gates, three or four buzz, one stack house, one oats, something like that. So you got to remember, this is only 14 votes and you can't vote for yourself. So what if the voting is like buzz four, stack house four, gates three, Nate Oates three? Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's certainly possible. Um, Stackhouse doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, he had a he had a nice year, but we've fallen into this coach of the year award being the guy who we thought was going to suck, who kind of better than sucked. I mean, and and that's part of the reason I guess the Gates is being mentioned, but. But part of coaching is getting the players in the offseason. And what I don't know about the SEC coaches here, if you just vote on games in the SEC, like if it's just those 18 games, give me Buzz Williams all day. Right. They're 15-3. and three, You know, I'm good with that. Um, and Vandy was 11-7, and seven and that was solid. But I feel like Stackhouse is getting credit for turning around this team that was awful in the non-conference season. Well, like, that's his fault they were awful in the non-conference season, too. You know? I mean, yeah. I, I don't think you get the award for half a year. Like I said, I'd have voted Gates. I don't have a huge issue at all. I, I have no issue with Buzz. I'm Basketball-wise, I wouldn't have had an issue with Nate Oates, but I I don't think there was any chance he was, was going to win that. I, I'd be curious, like, if we could see the votes, like if the SEC was like, oh, no, that... That guy, he didn't, he didn't get no votes. We're, we're not going to talk about those votes. <laughs> well, it's yeah. just wild to me that Vanderbilt might not even get into the... Or in- oh, they're absolutely not getting into the tournament. I mean, they've got in two games. Which So that's wild to me, too, is how can your SEC coach of the year be a non-tournament team? It just... You know. It's wild. I don't get it. Like you said, Buzz Williams, yes. No issue. If you're going to give a co, it's got to be Dennis Gates. But, but like... Missouri players appear to be ready to turn this into, you know, a uh, rallying cry for this week in Nashville. I mean, they I no. tweeted some screenshots, um, you know, and, and again, if Travis Kelsey can stand on national television and say that nobody picked the Kansas City Chiefs, then <laughs> whatever you want to say is fine. Use what you got to use. I, I don't love the word disrespect because I don't think it's disrespectful to not have given this to Dennis Gates, but like you can make an argument he should have won it. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's good that they've got all the the, uh, the ammo. they got all the bulletin board material heading into the SEC tournament, which, uh, as we were talking about, uh, is the tied for the furthest they've gotten in the SEC tournament. Uh, would be a lot further if, if it wasn't. You're right. Ever. Like, yeah. like, literally, if they forfeit on Friday, this ties the deepest run they've ever made in that. In Dennis Gates' first year. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Dennis Gates first year, number four seed, as I mentioned earlier. They're going to get the winner of Tennessee versus the game one winner, who's going to be the winner of uh, South Carolina or Ole Miss. Then they'll play Tennessee. Missouri will get the winner of Tennessee versus South Carolina or Ole Miss. Missouri will play Tennessee. Yes. Right. It's like uh, 98%. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just laying it all out there. March Madness, never know what can happen. Um, but yes, uh, the tournament heading into it. Good to have this uh, kind of uh, the bulletin board material, the motivation factor, as if they need any more motivation heading into this tournament. But here's how wild college basketball is. I mean, it, the four seed is awesome, but had you know Missouri, I think was was behind against LSU until what a minute thirty seven left. They were behind against Ole Miss until about two ten or something mm-hmm. like that. If they lose either one of those games. They're seven. Like I heard on a, I heard on a, the CBS podcast this morning, Northwestern played Rutgers last night. If they won, they were the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. If they lost, they were the nine. Like that is the middle of these conferences. You're you're only you have fourteen teams in eighteen games. Wow. I mean, the 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 differentiation between like not playing until Saturday and or not playing until Friday and playing on Wednesday is like four plays. It's wild. Absolutely insane. I'm excited for get this to get going. Uh, Missouri will have a 3 p.m. game too. Uh, well, that's I think two, a three, two three, p.m. Here. three Eastern, yes. Um, didn't account for the time change. I do have a question about it though, about the SEC tournament. Do we think that results of the tournament really matter? Like what not I mean, I mean, I think that if Mizzou were to go out and win the SEC tournament, I think that that would matter. Right. I'm I'm not 100% sure that winning a game or losing a game to Tennessee would really do anything. I think getting to Sunday matters. Um, if you beat Tennessee and back it up by beating what is likely Alabama, I think that they jump up. The beauty of this for Missouri is I don't think they can hurt themselves. Wherever they're at today, and we don't know where that is, eight, six, seven, whatever. But losing by 15 to Tennessee on Friday night, I don't think is going to make that go down. I, I If we make the assumption that Missouri will be seeded to win a game in the tournament, which is eight seed or higher, and I think everybody thinks that, then I don't think Friday night can change that. 
even if they get beat. Yeah, I would agree. Looking at uh, some bracketology here, hopping on the old uh, the bracket matrix. Shout out Gabe using the bracket matrix here. Uh, they've got them at, at a eight seed, but a seven point eight one. So they're right on that line between seven and eight seed. Kind of, de- it's going to be depending on probably what happens ahead of them. Um, I would assume, and if obviously they can help themselves, but it's going to be a lot dependent on external factors as well. It's also just going to be dependent on what the people in that room decide they want to look at. Yeah, right. I, I mean, you know what. Does the quad ones wins matter the most? Do they look at the, who knows what they're going to look at. If I'm seeding the tournament, I think I'd have Missouri as a sit. But um, I'm I'm still, I've tried the last couple weeks, I'm still not on the committee. (laughs) (laughs) I I do think that 8-9 line is a little bit weird. I mean, of course, I've watched every game, so it's different than the people that are voting who have maybe watched Mizzou play at Tennessee and Solace win on a buzzer beater or maybe Solace get beat by 30 to Auburn. Like, <laughs> you don't really know what games that the people that are voting are watching. So, I mean, if I would probably put us around a seven. Uh, I don't know if I'd go to six. So I'd probably put us around a seven. But everything I see says eight or nine. And it's just kind of deflating a little bit, too, because, you know, you if you if you win that game, which uh, Mizzou hasn't been very good in the eight or nine spot. <laughs> as of late but if you win that game you know you have to play the number one and it's it's it just is such a like a deflating thing to see every time bracketology comes out to see us on the eight or nine line well in the most recent bracketology uh they do have a eight or nine the one seed that they're gonna be playing uh from joe lenardi would be kansas. UC- oh was it kansas hold on was ucla yeah. for some reason i still don't think it's likely First of all, again, I really think I think Missouri's going to be, but I don't think they're going to be in that eight nine game. I mean, there are some, there are a lot of teams that have done a lot less than than Missouri has. Um, you know, yeah. So we'll see. They'll be where they'll be, but there's nobody that you look at and say. I mean, look. Bottom line is they're going to be an underdog in the second round. You're just going to go take your shot and hey. Usually, there's a lot of years where a seven or an eight seed gets through. So you just kind of hope you win your first game. And and I think it's important. If Missouri wins a game, unmitigated success this season. Right. Like nothing else. I don't care if you lose in the second round 207 to nine to KU. It was a hell of a year. If you, if you win that 13-year streak and honestly... It's a hell of a year just being there. But once you're there, might as well go ahead and win one anyway. <laughs> yeah, you might as well. What well, what was the what's the status like twenty was it twenty twelve? Twenty when was the last time they won a game? Twenty ten, I believe. Twenty ten. March nineteenth, two thousand ten. Wow. Um I looked it up today, four thousand seven hundred and thirty six days or something like that. But who's counting? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I just, I'm looking up every year. <laughs> I always I always manage to work it into a story somewhere along the way. Gave us yeah. the countdown like hanging up yeah. like on the neon board. <laughs> is uh you are contractually required to uh yeah. to, to work it in there. No, I do think that uh just kind of we I think we've talked about this all year though, of the 
the peak in the valley of Missouri basketball. And I was in, talking about in context of what seed they can be, but even just like on the court. But I, again, you come to that point where you're just like, oh, so there's like a kind of a, there's there's a good range. Like Jerry Palm has him as a six seed, um, playing the playing game against one of the 11, 11 seeds. Um, by, by the way, that one of those playing teams could be Penn State. I heard this morning. Penn, Penn State, Mississippi, worst offensive rebounding team in America. So, worst offensive rebounding team in America oh, could mean. face the worst defensive rebounding <laughs> team in America. I want to. That is now what I'm. I'm rooting for Mizzou, Penn State. The ball just bounces out of bounds every time. I saw. <laughs> no Nobody one ever corral it. It'll be, it'll At the end of the game, rebound. the leading rebounder has two rebounds, and if like team <laughs> rebounds forty-one to thirty-seven, <laughs> that'd be a good. That'd be a good one. Um, no, so there's uh, some interesting, interesting matchups that Missouri could face. I, I do always like the tournament because you do get to see those matchups of like, oh, when was the last time Missouri played Oral Roberts? Like, oh, they weren't a school when Missouri could have played them in the tournament last. Um, but, but no, there's a lot of exciting things going on. Like, super excited to see how the uh, SEC tournament shakes out. This conference tournament season, this little week stretch here where you have all the conference tournament basketball going on leading up into Selection Sunday, it's a great time just to uh, be able to watch all the college basketball that you can to get ready. You got to get ready for the uh, for the March Madness. This is your here's, primer. Here's what I love. This is literally what I did Saturday night when I came home from the Mizzou game. I was like on the edge of my seat watching SEMO, and I don't even remember who they played, but it was an amazing game. Rob SEMO. Tennessee Tech. That's who it was. SEMO and Tennessee Tech. And what the hell else am I going to care about either of those? Like SEMO, I was in the building when SEMO played a basketball game, and I didn't care. Actually, I don't think that's true. I don't think I went to that one. I have a lot of friends that went to SEMO, so I immediately texted them, and I was like, for my SEMO people, and, you know, congratulated them on them making March Madness. Not that most of them care, but some of them might. Like, uh, Kennesaw's in the tournament, first time ever. Two years ago, they won one game. I bet that guy won Coach of the Year. Yeah, I was about to ask if he did. Or maybe it might have been three years ago, but it was not very long ago. They won one game. Um, it, it, like they had their, I watched a couple minutes of that on ESPN2, and it said it was the first nationally televised game from whatever they call their. I swear, guys, it looked like they were playing at the Ark here in Columbia. Like just the, the community recreation center. That's where ESPN2 was for that game. It was amazing. I actually kind of like when they, when they have when they have games like that. Sometimes that Hawaii tournament that they have every year looks like it's in like a high school gym. That's Shamanah. Like everybody's like real I've, close together. And I went to the to the battle for Atlantis in 2012 when Missouri mm. played there, and they legitimately played in a ballroom in Atlanta. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, there were like 77 seats in the place. The ceiling was like six feet over your head. Um, that was the. Uh, the, the day that uh, Louisville uh, ended Negus Webster Chan's career as a point guard. I'm looking at pictures of Kennesaw State University's. Uh, this is from their facilities website. It's called the KSU Convocation Center. That's what it, it was, yeah. And uh, it, it is interesting. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a community center. It does. It looks like yeah. that. Like, like, it, like they had to hurry up and finish that game because they had the aqua size class coming yeah. in at five thirty. They had to get they had to get it they had to get it going. 
No, and so seeing this makes sense why they hadn't had an ESPN two game, uh, ESPN ever. Uh, no, good stuff. Well, I one of these teams we're talking about is going to be all of a sudden next week we're going to be like, oh my god, did you see the Kennesaw State Purdue game? You know, right. That's the best part. That's the best part. Um, also, got to give a quick shout out before we get out of here to the Missouri wrestling team winning another Big Twelve title back to back. They've won it now every year since I've been alive. And I made that stat up. But um <laughs> related. Chuck is now twelve. <laughs> I think thirteen is it thirteen? It's thirteen. Twelve. He need thirteen yeah. in that range. Yeah. Uh anyway, great showing for them. I think they had one uh champion in their weight class the one that it was Rocky it was Rocky Elam. Rocky Elam. Yeah, was well, such a good name. That is yeah, such a good, good name. name. Um, a, it'll be a really good WWE you go wrestler. I mean, Brock Mauler is actually a better wrestler name. I feel that's like. a pretty good move, though. So I need to. I should have done this before the podcast started, but nationals are starting sometime soon. Um, They're in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. So and all ten of Missouri's guys are qualified automatically. There you go. So there you uh, go. The Missouri wrestling school. What it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, or I, mean, I feel like, like we got Smith is legit. Like. Yeah. yeah, somebody said that. Here. Somebody said that we should name Hearns Brian Smith Arena and then name Mizzou Arena Hearns. Well, yeah, I, idea throwing it out there. Yeah, I don't know if you can take a former governor's name off a building, but like yeah. every but then you put it on another one, <laughs> right? Like every wrestling related thing is going to be named after Brian Smith whenever he retires. And like, yeah. I don't know how old he is, but I don't think he's super old. No, he looks pretty young. He looks kind of similar to Barry Odom, does he not? So anytime you do that, <laughs> every time I see it, I'm like, oh wait, that's that's not Barry Odom and Mizzou. So. Yeah. Also, Mizzou gymnastics beat Bama on Friday as well, which is huge, uh, very big, uh, heading into the end of their season as well. So, props to all those girls because they've just been killing it. Yes, you're you're not allowed to say that when referencing a competition with Alabama, by the way. Oh, oops. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Beep out those fifteen seconds. <laughs> but but what I was uh, what I was talking about earlier with um, Zoo and the uh, the Big Twelve, Brian Smith did win the uh, wrestling Big Twelve Wrestling Coach of the Year. Um, this this is like fun little nugget here from Mizzou PR, whatever they whatever they are. We'll just call them PR. Strategic communication. There we go. Uh, with his 12th all-time conference championship, Brian Smith has captured the most league titles in history of Mizzou athletics, surpassing Norm Stewart with 11. Um, so Brian Smith is now the most legendary. When somebody asks you who's the most legendary person in Mizzou, you got to say, well, his wrestling coach, Brian Smith. And I, mean, we, I, don't, I don't think he got out, but I have to. But he's good. <laughs> he is good. Now if we so. can just get a, get if they can just get themselves a natty, which, you know, it'll be hard because there's a lot, you know, you're going against Iowa and Penn State and Ohio State and the best, but they could do it. They're our closest team right now, so let's get it. I'm just reading more into these stats <laughs> that they've put out. This this team this team is wild. 148 team points scored by Mizzou uh, reset their record that they set last year at the Big 12 championships, breaking their record by most ever team points at a Big 12 championship. 131. So, um, yeah. I, lo- I love reading Twitter and everyone's like, and I see like all these Oklahoma State fans being like, it was so dumb of us to let Mizzou back in the Big 12. <laughs> They're like, it's good for competition, but it was so dumb. Yeah. Well, I could just see as soon as we end this podcast, 
Tucker's going to be tweeting about how Brian Smith is better than Jerome Tenney. <laughs> You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. How far are they going this weekend? What do I think? Um, I'm preparing for a loss to Tennessee. But Reminder, so I, they don't have Zakai Ziegler. That's true. That's Roll true. There. I Reminder, really matters. De- DeAndre Golston is one for one from 40 feet against Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> I just that's that are very related. Related real quick. I, I, I put this on our board on Saturday. If you're coaching against Missouri, at what point do you just go, look, like legitimately don't guard Golston. Like we don't want anybody close to him because if you leave him wide open at the three-point line, he's probably not going to make it. But he's going to stand there and wait until two guys are in his face and one guy is untying his shoes and one guy is punching him, and then he's going to make it. So, like, just don't guard him at all. I've never seen anything like it. It's like my uh, Dennis Gates doesn't like rebound strategy. (laughs) He actually doesn't like them, so why wouldn't he? Right. Like, Golden just waits for the double team before he shoots. And I, I, and I hate, I hate myself sometimes because I, I like yell. I'm like, no, not that shot. And then he makes it, and I'm just like, <laughs> you only yell, no, not that shot when he's open. Right. Oh yeah, that's when, that's when I should yell it. His, his good shot matrix is like the inverse of everybody else's. It feels like this game happened a long time ago. He hit the scoop shot, right? Yeah, that was okay. twelve feet. <laughs> right, that, that was the weirdest looking shot ever, and I was like, that. And then watching it on the TV angle, it like the net didn't move. So I was like, what just happened? And then I was like, oh, he made it. So I was just, it was just a move mixed like, with like the just over exaggerated swoop of the arm. Who even, who takes that shot? Right. DeAndre Golden. <laughs> he, you know, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like, they, so I, I think they beat Tennessee. Do you think they make I, it to Saturday? I think they make it to Saturday. I think Alabama is not a great matchup, but I can. S- I think had Alabama beaten Texas A&M, I would maybe have picked Missouri to beat Alabama because, like, I think at some point, like they've been flirting with losing a game for quite a while, right? And I think it was probably good for them to lose one. But I can see Bama going into this tournament going long as we don't lose on Friday, we're a one seed. Yeah. 
I mean, they're probably one seed even if they do. But, you know, I can see Alabama not putting a ton into this tournament. They're so talented still. I mean, I, I can't I, – I, it won't. Sh- it would not shock me if Missouri's playing on Sunday. It also wouldn't shock me if they lose Friday night. I mean, that's this team. I was looking at something uh, maybe yesterday, the Ken Palm, and it had Oklahoma at 50, and I was like, that's kind of wild to me that Oklahoma's at 50 and Mizzou's at like 53 or something crazy. And somebody's like, well, yeah, they beat they beat Alabama – by 30. Yeah. Like and embarrassed them. Embarrassed them, yeah. And on their home court, right? That was at yeah, in that was in Oklahoma. Yeah. Alabama is going to have games like that, just like Mizzou, Mizzou did when they played Auburn. Like, it's not who they are likely as a team. I don't know if this late in the season, if Alabama's going to have another game like that. They haven't been good for a little while. Well, I think they have a lot since since Brandon Miller scored forty one points against South Carolina in a near loss. Right, almost lost that game in a near loss. Trailed Auburn most of the game. Really, just got kind of dominated by A and M. Yeah, who I feel like I need to say I like apologize to A and M because well, kind of. I mean, I tweeted They're something pretty- that wasn't. I tweeted something not super nice about A and M. I mean, I didn't say anything mean. I was just like, we're losing to this not very good A and M team. Uh, they're better. They've gotten better. They've, yeah, they're good. They've definitely gotten better than they were in their non-conference. Yeah, the non-conference was kind of a it was kind of a, uh, a not what that team actually was. It just had to make a challenge, you know, just just dig themselves a hole so they could climb yeah. back out of it. Right. Kind of like Missouri's down here these last like four games. Just we'll show up at halftime. It's fine, right? It's a stress test. It's what a uh, John Paffer does every bar rescue. Does a stress test. Who's it for? Is it for us or for them? <laughs> for us. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I was not like them a lot. I was at my niece's birthday party and I was like apologizing to everyone. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not paying any attention because this game's on and whatever. But <laughs> your niece I will have other birthday parties. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, she will Yeah, them. Um, Missouri will never play Ole Miss again, though. <laughs> <laughs> not in the year of our Lord 2023. Right. Not well, playing for a four seed, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's our first one <laughs> ever, so who knows if that'll ever happen again. But I think that I think Mizzou can also beat Tennessee. Um, it, it's virtually a home game for Tennessee, so that's kind of, uh, might be a little bit of a factor, but I don't think that Mizzou lacks the ability to beat Tennessee in Nashville. Um, if you look at Tennessee this year, I mean, just go through and look at how many points they've given up in most games, and it is not very many at all. Missouri scored 86 on them. Like that that might be the wildest thing that, that this team's done all year. And we let them come back from a twenty point deficit. Right. Right. I mean, we were gave, up like twenty points. Gave up eighty five to a team that cannot. That's why I don't like Tennessee at March. They just can't score. Uh, right. What's this uh, they were talking about this on the broadcast. The stat that like once Missouri scores like over seventy points, they don't lose or something. They have not lost it. Over seventy points. They are twenty two and zero when they score seventy points. They're no, not twenty-one and zero. Sorry, they're uh, they're two and eight when they don't. There you go. That's the key right there. Missouri's got to get. It get really is. They win the basketball game. Also, they're oh. and I mean, I wrote about this after the game Saturday. They're eight and zero in games decided by five points or less. That's wild. That that I heard that stat when they were talking about that on the broadcast, and I was like, that doesn't seem right because it seems like they've lost all these close games, but it's not true. Like, oh, they no. haven't lost they, those games. Yeah, I, and, in the past, like it, at some point, this becomes a skill, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if this team has, if the, 
if you're at the under four timeout, it's a two possession game. I, I you got to feel pretty good about their chances. I mean, right. if they're going to lose, they don't screw around. They just get absolutely blown off the court. I mean, like if they're going to lose, it over like nine minutes into the game. Yeah, respect. I, I would love to know what those huddles are like. Uh, whenever, like the past three games or whatever, when we have, or maybe not Georgia, because I guess at the end of the Georgia game, we've been blowing them out. But maybe the Mississippi State game, uh, the Ole Miss game, and the LSU game. I'd love to know what it's like because they never look flustered. They always, they always look to me like they know they're going to win the game. Well, it's because like I want some, I want sports science to put a heart rate monitor on Dennis Gates during the game, mm. and like I'd, like I don't think it would change. I think I it would just what be flatline the entire. Like they might be like, "Hey, coach, coach, are you live?" Can you like tap the microphone? Yeah. <laughs> you know. But after it's games, been... he's so animated, which is wild. Yeah. He is, I mean, he pumping up the student section. He's jumping on players. So you know he has it in him, but he's just Mr. Cool during games. That's what it be. Lots of lots of exciting things to look forward in this uh week in college basketball. We'll be back next week after the conference tournament's over, after selection Sunday's done and over to talk about the uh the tournament and Missouri's matchup that they have. Heading into the NCAA tournament, hopefully trying to get that first one since 2010. Uh, that was a long time ago. Couldn't probably call me. Maybe he was at the top of the charts. Uh, I graduated college in 2010. <laughs> I was in. I was in college the last time we won a tournament game. Maybe I should go back. Maybe I should go back Ooh. to college. You have to. Time is a flat circle. Just just remember, guys, at 5:30 on Sunday, no Sacramento, no Orlando. More than anything else, that's what we're rooting for. No sack. Whatever the seed is, whoever the opponent is, just no Sacramento, no Orlando. Gabe doesn't want to go to Sacramento or Orlando, everybody. So. Gabe doesn't want to pay to go to Sacramento or Orlando. That's fair. Neither of those places are very fun also, cities. Also, don't get me wrong. I'm not super fired up about Albany, New York, but at least it's cheap. <laughs> what about Des Moines, Iowa? Then, no, that's great. That's I can draw. Like, case, give yeah. me Des Moines, Iowa. I, that I would never have been more excited to go to Des Moines. <laughs> they pick some real, they pick some real winners for these regional <laughs> games, didn't they? All right, that's gonna do it for us. Before we say anything else, uh, it's too dangerous. Before I say anything else about Jerome Tang, I'm going to uh, call this podcast off. Appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Missouri. That's who we'll be back next week. So until then, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.